Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is a, another edition of Material After Dark, episode number 309. I am your host, Florence Ion. I am joined here also in the dark, the relative dark, <laughs> by my co-host, Andy Anatko. Hi, Andy. Hello, it's after the midnight hour here in the East Coast of the United States of America. And yeah, Mo- Mona is supposedly falling asleep. I don't know what's happening, but we're praying that she is falling asleep. <laughs> How are you, Andy? Oh, hanging in, hanging on. We're doing the we're we're, get, we're getting the the summer weather early. So uh, I know I've, the crickets are just like the they are so loud. When I was walking downstairs to the computer to to meet with you, I was just thinking about like the sun is down. They are very loud. It is summertime. That's like the, that's how I know it's summertime in the Bay Area. That, that's your, that's your haiku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's over here. It's time for the, uh, for the, for the daily contemplation of which would I rather have? Would I, would I, would I rather have the house a little bit cooler or would I like to keep the windows closed so that none of the humidity gets in? Mm-hmm. Do you have cicadas where you live? I don't know. I'm not expecting any, but I, I, I am keeping snacks and beverages in case they do drop by. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Man, talk about a regional joke that you can absolutely not partake in whatsoever. Like I have no real frame of reference for <laughs> oh, for the the spawning and shedding of so many. They've made they've made such an impression on so many people in this country that it's hard to not understand that yeah, it's a it's a it's a hey-ho time. I think um This is a completely anecdotal and just a thing that sprung to mind. I think technically this is the second time they've come up since Twitter has been around. (laughs) And I think that's why I know so much about them is because it was since Twitter, because Twitter, I logged on in 2008 and I think that was around the, like the last time. Anyway, we're talking about bugs. Andy, last week you had totally teased me with a story (laughs) about YouTube. Um, okay. Yeah. This is, so it was, I, I, I find my, I found myself falling down a rabbit hole that I then climbed back out of and then okay. filled with rocks and garbage to make sure that I would never fall down that hole again. See, um, uh, it's one of the, one of the blocks of, uh, of, uh, channels that I subscribe to on, 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 on YouTube are just these uh, people who like make costumes or make like historical dress and they just enjoy sewing. I'm not terribly interested in sewing myself. It's just that a lot of these people are really, really good storytellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, one of my favorites, Rachel Maxey, he's, she's just, uh, she's also a New Englander, but uh, she has a degree in film from uh, Mass College of Art. And she's just really, really good at putting together a story visually. And it's just a good, entertaining, like, 10 or 20 minutes. And through that orbit, like, oh, well, she's mentioning she, she did a collaboration with this creator. Oh, wow, she's actually pretty cool, too. And so uh, one of them did a, a couple of a, a couple of annual videos at this convention called Costume College, which is sort of like an annual convention for people who, mostly women, who, like, like to do, like, historical costuming and right. not, not so much cosplay, so much as again something with some sort of a historical bent to it and these are really really fun and as sometimes happens i just sort of remembered one of them say oh gee i kind of like to see that again and so i go to that creator's uh youtube channel and i find that oh wow i can't find either one of them 
And then it's like, wow, there's actually a couple of a, a few videos that I rec- rec- recognize as some of my favorites that have disappeared. I wonder what why that is. And being like a, an innocent country mouse in terms oh. of like Uh-oh. YouTube and social media beefs, I decided to simply say to simply do a, a Google search, you know, how, why, why are, uh, why did so-and-so creator remove these videos thinking that, well, maybe was, there's like something in there that she didn't want seen. I, I, I was just sort of curious. I didn't want to you know see whatever it was. And I find out that one of the people that she has been best friends with throughout her channel, there was a big falling out oh, and no. there was a lot of conversation about like, how speculation oh. about how they fell out the only direct the only direct evidence was wow. uh, a resp- a comment that this creator made in response to like an instagram post say well un- unfortunately she and i are no longer friends uh, however i'm look i'm looking forward to blah 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 and that caused that was like the that that, that was that was like the you know when you when you dump like a whole pile of like non-dairy creamer on top of a fire that was like <laughs> Yeah, leading to leading everybody to say, "Oh my God, I, was, I thought they were best friends, and I, I really love seeing them together." And gee, I kind of almost thought that they might have been, you know, girlfriends because that, that would have been okay. And which also led me to uh, there are apparently there are message boards that are one hundred percent devoted to just gossip about like YouTube creators and people oh, on social Andy. media. I know. I had no idea. And a lot of this was like the, it, the most. The I, I most just want petty. you to know, by the way, I'm not scolding you. I'm I know, afraid I know. for I, you because I, I, I don't want you to. I, I This is toxicity that you don't need in your life. Oh, yeah. And like, no, I, as I said, yeah. I've, I've, I've filled up the rabbit hole. I've put a. Pl- a yeah. Just, just let like that. Let me that, that, let that, me well do that, that, for that us. baby Jessica okay. fell down in like in the 1980s. It's been yeah. welded shut. Yeah. I, I was just. Let it, me it, take this on for us. I don't, I don't want. I don't. I don't want this to hurt you. <laughs> no. I, again, I, I I've already that. built the calluses. You know, I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> but that. But it blew my mind that there was a uh, there was a message board that it's, it's not like oh well we're here we're gonna have discussions about our favorite like YouTube channels mm-hmm. and our favorite YouTube creators and of mm-hmm. course occasionally there will be spilling of tea and mm-hmm. bringing out of receipts as it were. Yeah. And I'm really sorry to say this, but it's various. Uh, it's very similar to kind of the QAnon thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I know that's like not really in the vernacular right now, but I just finished that documentary on HBO and it, it, you know, it's, look, I don't want to say it, but the quote unquote mob mentality, yeah, the, the, the flames definitely get stoked by communities where people can come together and like share a love of drama. Um, and I'm, a, I'm guilty of this too. I, I partake in this with the show Sister Wives. <laughs> so I'm no better. Yeah. So the so the 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 coda to all this was again I I backed out of that pretty darn quickly uh, after after seeing the depth of mm-hmm. oh and I bet she you know, she you know she, you know she probably doesn't own that condo I bet her parents like bought her that like I don't care I don't know this there's, there's no need to talk about this uh, so I as uh, the the payoff to all this was that it turned out that I guess that she didn't delete those two videos that I've been looking for she just like oh. unlisted them. And so as it's while I was doing some tidying up of my own YouTube account, I discovered, oh, wow, I had actually favorited both of those like a couple of years ago. So I was able to so I was able to like watch them and then downloaded them for safekeeping. This is this is why I have a utility on my Mac called Downy. And there are other utilities. Oh, for, yeah. For I have a Chrome extension that to, does that. Yeah. Um, I, for I, my I reality to, TV clips. Yeah. 
Yeah, be, because because that's the way. And we're not just talking about, oh, wow, look, someone just uploaded all three Matrix movies like in full 4K HD to YouTube. I better download them before someone makes me pay for them and they get them, they get content. But no, it's it's like, this is very, very interesting. I bet that if I want to, if I want to, uh, I, this is very interesting. I might want to see this again sometime in the future. For that reason, I'm not going to trust that this is going to stay up on YouTube for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. So I I wanted to bring this up because I was also thinking about the algorithm a lot this week. And so I felt like this would be a good, you know, way for us to sort of parallel, you know, <laughs> to each other because I had I just had a sort of like realization and this is completely anecdotal. I did no like searching for this. I did no research, I should say. Um remember I was using the OnePlus 8 for quite a long time, basically mm-hmm. since last summer, and I was having a pretty good experience with it. And what I had done on the OnePlus 8 when I switched over to it from the Pixel 3, which I was using prior, is that I set DuckDuckGo as my primary default browser. And great experience, right? And they added that new feature that lets you um, lock in some user accounts if you're okay with it and you know makes things a little smoother. And it was great. All right. I noticed that during that time in the OnePlus 8, you know, the little Google Reader feed. I, yes, like I said Google Reader. If I say it three times, will it remanifest? I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to do it today, though. And, you know, a little feed that scrolls through. Well, gosh, I got to tell you, the headlines that it's it was serving me for a while just were so completely off base. Like, they were really reaching for it <laughs> in some instances. I'm just like... This is this has gotten really bad, so I kind of stopped relying on it. Okay. Now I'm back on the Google ecosystem, right? I'm on the Pixel 5. I've got this review unit that I've been using and just like really diving into. I've got the beta running on another Pixel. And I kind of let it slide when I was setting up the Pixel 5. I said, you know what? I'll let so DuckDuckGo is my default browser, but links that I tap on from the Google Reader open in Chrome, Mm. okay? Right, because it'll ask you every time. It'll go, do you want to make this the default for this particular action? And it's usually relating to when you do that action within an app, right? Which is the Google app in this case. So I save that setting. And so I've been feeding the algorithm through Google Chrome, where I'm also, I'm logged in. I've got, you know, my little encryption password put in there, whatever the, the sync Chrome Sync, whatever it's called, my passphrase. I got to tell you, that feed is becoming relevant again. (laughs) Again, this is completely anecdotal. And this is only based off of like, I've been at home during a pandemic, just on a phone every day, constantly. And I I said this like to my husband, like I was just kind of working out this idea out loud and He's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> I, a little food for thought. I, I just wanted, I wanted to share that. And I was like, I, I got to tell Andy, <laughs> like, I made this connection just because I was making a lot of connections. Yeah. This was the same time that I'd made the connection uh, that Lisa Rinna had made a Kato Kalen reference in Melrose Place, which by the way, Andy, I saw that you liked that tweet. You were the only person that liked it. And I'd want you to know that really means a lot. <laughs> I notice when you do those things. So putting that on the record. 
I get I, I I enjoy how much you love like that kind of television. And it's a it's a genuine, sincere love. I respect it and I enjoy I just it. love to make stupid connections <laughs> with related to pop culture. But anyway, so on that note, is my is my little feed a lot more uh relevant lately? Yes. Mm. Am I weirdly still getting articles about Bitcoin? Yes. I think it's because I've been listening to a podcast talking to me about it. So, yeah, there was a, yeah. there was yet another one of those uh, 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 sort of like I wouldn't say par- paranoid is too uh, too strong a word where someone's saying, "Oh, I, I don't know." Google is just listen must be listening to me through the through the Google Home and through the microphones because uh, I was uh, I was uh, uh, because uh, the Google Home just suddenly I, I started speaking. I'm taking a Spanish course and I keep saying like Spanish things, and the Google Home said, "Hey, do you want me to to, to switch to uh, Spanish language mode?" And oh yeah, of course, no, no, of course it's not listening all the time. And so and so an actual an actual Google engineer like came back came onto the conversation and said, well, probably not because number number one, things that you had said had been tr- had been triggering the thing to listen. So we thought you'd heard it. Hey, Shlomo. And that and once once the microphone was open, it realized you're speaking Spanish. And so that's when it automatically says, hey, do you realize that I can speak to you in Spanish if that's what you're trying to do with me? And also pointing out that the part of the story was that he had been like speaking, uh, speaking Spanish a lot, like with his relatives or whatever. And so, well, again, your phone was in the same home as a Spanish speaking person. So it probably also figured out that, oh, well, you speak to a lot of Spanish people. It's worth asking. It's worth worth asking the user if they want to use Spanish on this device. That is a very human thing to program into a robot, by the way, because yeah. that's something that is a uh, an assumption that I would make based on just like listening into a family's conversation. Yeah. And that's a very interesting like assumption for a computer to make. I just I just realized for the first time that uh, what, what Google does turns a lot of us like reverts us back into like like angry suspicious teenagers <laughs> we're like like, like mean, we're, not, we're, we're, we're like your mother's you're, no 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 i mean that like where you're like your your mom will say oh by the way um there was flooding last night uh and so uh they they i think they they closed down route uh, route three so you might want to take a route, route on which is a loving caring thing to say hey, i don't want you to be inconvenienced or anything like that so, and but you hear but you're because you're a teenager you hear it as oh look, mom i i think i know that if a road is flooded out that i'm not going to go drive across mm, yes, that road yes. i think you think i'm an idiot or something mm-hmm. but i'm not the okay? hormone translation yeah. right the hormone translation <laughs> where you take everything the wrong way i don't miss those days i gotta tell you i'm not looking forward to them from my daughter hey we have got a show about more of the algorithm actually so this is a good time for us to sort of uh you know we're suck gonna up be to the algorithm and make sure that it knows that we're on its side against humanity i mean Literally, I just put it right next to me. Anyway, we are going to talk to about some of the dark side of uh, the things that Google announced last week during its I.O. keynote related to the algorithms. And you know what? To change after that, kind of change pace, then we're going to talk about a little bit of hardware leakage that's been going on, supposed leaks, whatever. I'm dubious. I'll talk about that. Google, Google and, needs to wear astronaut diapers. It's got, mm. it's got a leakage problem. <laughs> And then a short little PSA at the end about Google Photos. So stay tuned for that. BRB. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? 
whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service with a contact form, when these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business, not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution, transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout, forms, or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there is a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, Ops Genie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who's alerted and how they get the notification. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. And it's super, super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you're ready to buy, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So if you tuned into Google I.O. last week, or at least during the keynote, then you might have seen the, uh, I don't want to say weird, but I do want to say slightly confusing <laughs> Lambda and Mum demos that they put on. Uh, so basically, the demo was the one that was involving the planet Pluto, the planet, quote unquote, uh, as well as the paper airplane and their thoughts, their feelings about being these particular objects. So very confusing demonstration. But the thing that we found out after the keynote, after a little bit of digging on Twitter, after things had sort of settled down and the news had, you know, had time to percolate, is that actually the AI that was shown off during this demo happened to be a very similar AI that Timnit Gebru and Margaret Mitchell had tried to speak up about when they were at Google as AI ethicists. Um, it turns out that the AI models, or rather the models that this AI is uh, borrowing from, is the internet. And because it is the internet, Let's not forget who is on the internet. <laughs> me, white dudes. Yes, and me, white women, because we are also kind of terrible. Um, and we are the people who are programming this thing. And so as you can imagine, when a black woman and a, another woman speak out about <laughs> how this AI is going to greatly be biased against them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering it's not just teaching it about language, but it's teaching it about understanding information and what information correlates with other information. So yeah, this is this was this was a good read. This was a good paper for to be published. And if you're gonna be if you're gonna be bumped out of Google for for unquestionable reasons, this is a good paper to get bumped out of Google for her having co-authored. <sighs> God, where do we even like begin. I had gone through our notes before we started recording and I just was like, yeah, this makes total sense, but you know, okay. Yeah. The, so the paper in question, uh, was, is, is entitled on the dangers of stoch stochastic parrots. And it really is all about this, uh, this kind of, uh, artificial intelligence with, with natural language that involves 
training it on information and on speech patterns with mountains and mountains of information. And it does, by Schmargaret Schmitchell, by the way, we need to just uh, say yes. that when you go to the link in the show notes, you are going to see Margaret Mitchell's name with. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, and both of them were at Google at the time <laughs> where they they contributed to this paper. None of them are listed as being with Google uh, at the t- at the t- uh, in the actual publication of the paper. But it, it is for a research paper. It is extremely readable. It's not all about charts and and Greek letters here and there. Yeah. It really does in very very plain language outline a lot of the ethical problems that are associated with this t- particular type of a large scale language model uh and it's a long long list but, but part of it is that uh again we talked about how uh most of the text that provides that model with its understandings of facts again it comes from the internet in general it needs so much information that you can't possibly decide what you show it what you do not uh particularly one of the standard mm-hmm. sources for models like this are actually wikipedia and reddit and of course we have data on who contributes to Wikipedia and Reddit. So predominantly, it's a rather homogenous demographic of white English-speaking guys. So all this learning or understanding of the world is, in effect, the understanding of one established power structure and not the world itself. You guys, by the way, just really need to watch that QAnon documentary. Not because you'll learn anything new on HBO, from HBO, <laughs> but... Just like there's so much of internet culture in that. And as you're saying this, Andy, two two things come to mind. First is a scene from the documentary um, involving Wikipedia and um, the way that it was being used to sort of – the way it was weaponized in in the sort of spat that was going on between – anyway, watch the documentary. The other thing that I'm thinking of very vividly – did you see Wreck-It Ralph? Yes, did you? Yeah, you remember the second one when they go into the like the literal matrix, the computer matrix, oh, and it's all just one. like the the yeah, it's really good by the way. I mean, they're <laughs> they're both good, but I'm having this very like visceral idea of all of that like junk that's linked, <laughs> just like feeding into one giant algorithm. So when you visualize it that way, it's really daunting. Yeah, it's really daunting. Um, and and that's what they were speaking out against. Yeah. And, and and it really does go uh, go very very. It's a very deep and very broad uh, set of problems, um, and a lot of it has to do with how who in this world has power and who does not right. have power. And the the methodology being used here tends to make sure that people who are in power, in including huge corporations like Google, who are the only companies that can uh, that can possibly create models of this size and this structure, they become more powerful within the industry. And also, the voices of people who are already in power uh, tend to uh, tend to keep that uh, keep that power, and uh, people who do not have power tend to keep their uh, minimized sort of position to it. Um, the size of the data set, again, is huge, so it can't possibly be vetted and validated um, to say, and also uh, research data sets, not as, not as though they're having these uh, these uh, these AIs just go everywhere, slurp in everything that it sees on the internet, because we've seen that it'll teach. True. It will, it will learn how to be racist, it'll learn how to be violent, it will learn how to be angry. Uh, but, yeah. But the, the, oh. the, the methods that the that researchers use to purify this uh, this data that's being ingested is not 
terribly sophisticated. Um, they mentioned in the paper mm. that uh, the current system that is being used by a lot of different systems is it's a limited list of about 400 or so uh, bad words, banned words that they that uh, they're not going to pay much attention to. And they're actually largely centered around sex, not violence or race. So that's a whole swath of conversation that's going to be. Admitted. Oh, my God, Andy, that's just another freaking bias of Americans working on it. Right. I swear to yeah, because like that's what we worry about. We worry so much about sex in this in this country, in this culture, versus other imagine what if that were done somewhere else? I imagine there'd be less violence. At least <laughs> yes. I not less racism. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, uh, I'll just pick another couple because I, I found them so interesting that uh, the, the yeah. part of what makes this, this learning model powerful is that it's designed to understand uh, relationships between relevant concepts by proximity within conversations that it encounters. Right. But that also means that if two topics tend to be in routine proximity to each other, then the the understanding that the AI will develop of it will be link those two together. So for instance, most of the time that people talk online in public about mental illness, it's not about it's not the same way that oh well I broke my leg so here here's I hurt like a hurt like the devil then I was on a, on crutches for a while and I couldn't uh, had to had to take taxis everywhere no when people talk in in public about mental illness it's mostly about the public conception of mental illness's co- correlation to violent acts so without supervision and vetting the model will quote understand and quote that yeah. mental illness is all about violence a reason for people yeah. to violence against each other and then and then there's stuff and this like, is by the way how children are taught to just yeah. FYI. This is how um <clears throat> things are passed down. Yeah. Sorry. I'm no, no, it's... having a crisis of <laughs> self right now. This is, this is, like this is, walking this is, through uh, walking us through this paper. I'm just this is, like this is the sort of end of reacting. day sort of thinking. Yes. Yeah. This uh, this this is why this is a material after dark. It's just me yeah. reacting. Continue. And the, the, but the <laughs> the other thing that I sort of uh, I pulled out here is the something that I would never really occur to me that again, we, most of the stuff that's going to be trained on is going to be uh, languages that are very, very popular uh, on the internet. And then also within the, the within the world. So languages spoke, spoke spoken in America, that's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to learn that kind of English really, really well. It's going to learn mm-hmm. uh, Chinese really, really well. A Chinese language is very well. Indian language is mm-hmm. very, very well. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Chinese yeah. languages, yep. You like both Mandarin and Cantonese. Right. You know what I mean? Cause so, so with the, with the with the idea that it will not only understand the language, but it will also understand regionalisms and and colloquialisms, and will understand the subtleties and the hidden meanings behind simple language. However, now and they uh, and the papers uh, sort of singles out. Well, what about uh, la- regional languages in uh, mm-hmm. like northern African nations, nations and mm-hmm. Middle Eastern nations? It's not going to understand these regional patois. Are, it's not going to see enough of it to understand that, oh, well, actually, this seems like a very, very simple sort of dismissal that this per- one person is is uh, eliciting towards another group of people. But no, that's actually dismissing you saying that I wish that you were to be, you were to be swept off the face of the earth like the crumbs that you actually are. And it's not going to understand that. It's not going to understand that this is bad language and that uh, this is this is a, a negativity uh, that needs to sort of uh, process correctly. Uh, and it's just oh on and on God. and on. And so this, this is, is the, so and this is exhausting to listen to. Not you, Andy. You're not. I'm talking <laughs> about the whole. I think because for me, it's just bringing up all of the things that scare us about artificial intelligence. And this is kind of you know. Yeah. It's it's a little scary when you think about it. And I know that this is like 
probably why companies don't want this to become such a mainstream thing because then it will it will create more uh humps for the ai to jump over and those humps you know there's the whole argument about well it's going to stifle innovation and all this stuff and it's like (laughs) but at what cost yeah that's 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 maybe number three or number four on the list um, and it's yeah, and part, most of most of what they're talking about in this paper is about how it's not as the, it's not like this research should not be conducted, and it's not as though these kind of models are not going to be valuable. But that you can't just simply let them let them loose and let them free. Uh, they have to be very very carefully examined for the the sort of understanding that it's building for itself. Um, there's to the, train it. Yeah, the, the the good news is that although it does make the point that only something as big as someone is as big as Google or Microsoft or Facebook can build what Google and Microsoft and Facebook are building. Researchers are creating this sort of open uh, model, not, and it can't be big enough to actually be terribly useful or commercially useful. However, it will be big enough and useful enough for research purposes to be able to document, well, here is what the, here's the data that was seen by this algorithm. Here's how it processed it. And here are bad results that came Mm -hmm. uh, uh, from its understanding as a result of using these algorithms that are now being deployed at a much larger scale. Wow. It it really yeah, the plot thickens, I guess, which is not. I feel like it's a it's a very it's a very reductive way to relate to all of this because it's not. This is not a Hollywood drama. This is um, an algorithm that is being trained to be human like. Yeah, that's what that whole demo, that whole very confusing, awkward demo was about. <laughs> it was actually about this very deep um, food for thought. This very deep food for that. Perhaps the most human element that an artificial intelligence can can reproduce is when we're talking to it, we don't know that, oh, wow, you were raised by a psychopath in a really, really evil environment, which has, which has resulted in you having terrible, terrible opinions about pretty much everything. So whatever you say, I need to be taking two steps back and reevaluating everything you, you think is an actual fact. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple other misses, by the way, that we just want to quickly reference um, that occurred during the week of Google I.O., which is just like the worst timing. Um, So one story that came out toward the end of last week was that Google really boasted this like health app that it was pushing through to kind of help diagnose skin conditions. It actually got a lot of people excited because guess what, guys? Rashes is a thing that affect all of us, apparently. (laughs) Um, However, something maybe... Google should have taken in a little more into consideration is that rashes also affect people of color. Yes. It it turns out that not only white people have skin, it's actually a very, very popular organ. Mm -hmm. So the foundation for the app uh, that Google had pushed through, the research for that app, um, it was trained on almost 65,000 images of nearly 12,400 patients and 90% of that astronomical number of people in the tens of thousands had fair or light skin. So talk about light skin privilege here. Only 3.5% of those patients have the two darkest skin types in the six-step scale typically used by researchers. And if makeup, by the way, has taught us anything, is that a six-step scale is like extremely limiting. Yeah. What you really need for a good like line of foundation, guys, is at least 35 different shades. Yeah. 
that just want to put that out there. Um, now, Google published a follow-up paper this year about the e- efficacy of this particular health tool, but the type 5 skin um, in that, again, that six-step scale was underrepresented in the testing pool, and the darkest skin type, the sixth uh, type 6 skin type, that was completely unrepresented. So a subset of the population is not being served with this particular app. And every time I see another headline come through about how AI is going to like fix healthcare, <laughs> I point to stuff like this because yeah. it's not going to fix healthcare. What it's going to do is streamline capitalism, which is how many people get into the door of the hospital, but it's not going to fix the existing problems problems and medical biases that exist. So nice try, Google. <laughs> <laughs> They for for Just, Google's part they say that oh well that's not the final thing that we're going to be shipping we're going I to know be okay but, but still the fact they're publishing the fact that they they published a research paper that said hey this is a really good working idea knowing that the data set they trained it on yeah. wasn't trained on a great range I don't publish then, my first drafts yeah. for a reason guys and then and then a follow up <laughs> saying oh well and I'm sure you want to see how well this this actually works when we actually try to validate it with actual patients like again perhaps you want to make sure that you have if they're if the if the if dermatology has given you a six step scale saying no here here's what we call one two three four five six it seems as though a company that is as, as uh, capable of dealing with numbers as Google can realize that oh wow there's there's nobody in group six we should put we should put some people into that group there are not enough people in group five we should put some people in that group as well so mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's stepping on a rake in a major way yeah i mean god even my daughter's learning sorting like that come on <laughs> um okay last little bit here if listen there's so i can't tell you how many press releases i've been getting from companies about like their green initiatives <laughs> whatever guess what guys all that ai needs computer power yes computers require electricity to run they don't run they required yeah and they also require giant concrete buildings in the middle of the desert with ac to keep them at a certain temperature so that they don't like burst into flames and (laughs) (laughs) this is what happens when we do this late at night i'm just like But anyway, so yeah, Google had talked a lot about its Earth First initiative at Google I.O. Again, this is a thing that's like very in vogue right now. Um, But let's not forget, (sighs) they're generating a lot of power to keep the search engine searching. Yeah. Every time you make a search, a tree loses its branches. (laughs) Well, not not quite that dark. (laughs) I know. I'm still. Listen, it is almost 10 p.m. I'm getting dark. Okay. It is. (laughs) I mean, but it, but it is a good point. It's like yeah, they they have this wonderful like high peace love granola. We're going to be operating on a hundred percent carbon free power twenty four seven by twenty thirty across all of our businesses, without saying that yeah okay well first of all you kind of have to because you need power that exceeds what the grid where you want to put. Uh, plants uh, can actually do and also this is at best this is like the oil company saying yes Mm -hmm. we could just simply dump Mm -hmm. all of our waste products directly into the water table we have benevolently decided not to do that Mm -hmm. well done fair play to you okay Mm -hmm. well that's it for that let's take a break cleanse ourselves and then get into some things that don't actually exist (laughs) hope joy love Wow, that is dark. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) 
All of these things exist, dear listeners. I, I assure fault. you. I encouraged it. This episode of Material is brought to you by Clockwise from Relay FM. If you like this show, there's a good chance you'll like Clockwise. You're busy. You don't have loads of time to catch up on everything that happens in tech every week. Clockwise, a weekly roundtable, covers four topics in tech in 30 minutes. Join hosts Dan Morin and Micah Sargent each Wednesday as they welcome two special guests from a diverse pool of tech pundits, writers, podcasters, developers, and more to talk tech. Whether it be what's going on this week or timeless tech questions, it's never the same show twice. And now here's the personal experience uh, bullet. Uh, boy, I, I, I love this show. Uh, first of all, I love uh, Dan. I love Micah. They're both friends uh, and they're both really, really experienced podcasters. You can tell that they have that ability to focus on uh, both letting things flow naturally and keeping an eye on the clock. What a great premise, like 30 minutes, not just 30 minutes, but multiple topics and multiple people on this show. I've been a guest on the show several times and uh, oh boy, I make, I make sure I have a good like protein rich breakfast that day. And I'm I'm kind of like gripping the sides of the desk, not because it's tense, but because okay, here we go, here we go. We're gonna da, da, da. Uh, because I, I I hope you like our show because uh, we do we do try to keep it down to under an hour. We have <laughs> we have some we, we want to we don't want to uh, stress uh, stress out your patience, but uh, we can go off on tangents. Uh, some of them sometimes we can go off on tangents that have nothing to do with the topic. It's a conversation between Flo and myself. And plus, we have a list of topics. And if one is going to take more time, that's going to take more time. Some of these things are quick hits. And that's that's nice. I like the uh, obviously we wouldn't do that show that way uh, if we didn't enjoy doing it. But clockwise, again, what a great format. You have 30 minutes. You have to get out. You have to think of, about what is the one thing you want to say about this topic. And they're great topics, too. They're thought provoking. They're exactly my kind of jam where it's not just about, hey, let's promote. Let's help Apple promote the new iPhone or, hey, let's talk about stuff that doesn't make doesn't really mean anything it's really about here's the interesting thing that you could talk for an hour uh, an hour about for each guest but no you've got to do it in 30 minutes and that's exactly the uh, what uh, what your podcast catcher needs because there are times when i want a six-hour audiobook because i'm doing house cleaning and there are times when but there are times when i've got 30 minutes i got some time to film washing dishes uh, or i just want to sit back and relax and just you know close my eyes not go to sleep, but just wind down and listen to intelligent, entertaining people uh, talk for a, for a half an hour. Uh, and it's a valuable experience, too. So I, I'm, I'm so, so proud of Dan and Micah uh, because this is such a great show. And it's, it's, it really does uh, add a certain vim and vip to the whole Relay FM network. Okay, we're going to go back to the prepared ad copy now. Previous topics have included the opacity of technology, Twitter's new fact-checking system, Google employees attempts to unionize. Tech everyone wants resurrected. Clockwise covers topics from across the tech spectrum, from the moves of the biggest players in tech to the news you might have missed. You can catch the live stream every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific or subscribe and never miss an episode. Go to relay.fm slash clockwise or search for clockwise wherever you get your podcasts. How many times do you have to talk about a leaker before they start paying you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think every time every time that you you speak about them, a, a, a bell rings <laughs> inside their head, and that that's payment enough. I'm just, I'm, 
Um, okay, I am, of course, talking about the Pixel 6 leaker leaks. The leaker is John Prosser. John Prosser has been a repeat leaker of the <laughs> Pixel 6. <laughs> I don't know why this the word leaker now is sounding funny to me. He's got a saggy diaper that leaks. Yes. <laughs> We're unhinged. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, apparently there has been a lot of corroboration for these Pixel 6 renders that have been going around. And I saw the renders, guys. I saw the minute that they were posted, okay? I'm I'm in like seven Slack uh, places, channels, whatever, where these things are being posted. So I know. I saw it. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think that's it. No matter how many times you corroborate it, okay? I don't. It should should be said that uh, John Prosser was the originator of this render, Um, uh, and it's Mm -hmm. it's because he is. It's um, his AutoCAD. He is. He is. He is a. He is a. He is a serial leaker, as we have said. And so you could that means that we can check, okay, well, what did he say around this time that the Google that the Pixel 5 was going to look like? Okay, nothing nothing like it actually looked like. Okay, how about the Pixel 4? Okay, also nothing like it actually looked like. However, other people have claimed that they have seen like uh, CAD files that have been sent to manufacturing and that it does re- resemble what he showed off. So whether that's true or not, some of the details that were sort of in this render, he, he says that he, he, he I'm rolling he, my eyes so hard guys. Yeah. Well, he, he, he commissioned this render based on photos <laughs> that he said he saw. It's also, it's also possible that he did see something genuine, but at this point realized that the final design at this point in the, if assuming that Apple and Google, Samsung, et cetera, are shipping a phone in like September, October, November, this is around the time they're building their first batch of like candidate phones. They still have time to change whatever they want Mm. or make pretty much any change. It doesn't go to mass manufacturing probably until August. So it's Mm. every time you see a leak that's a, no, no, no. I didn't realize it happened this fast. Here's here's an, here's an actual photo. Like it could be an actual photo of something that they threw, they put together just to get engineering samples that would work that they could test the hardware with, with no intention of actually making this the final design mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. I will say that the render that he that he commissioned based on the photo that he saw, it's a pretty hot looking phone. It looks it looks like a flagship phone. I'm sorry, I rolled my eyes at you. I wasn't trying to roll my eyes at your like opinion. It. <sighs> yeah, yeah, fine. It looks nice. I agree. It looks like a nice render, but I don't think it looks like anything that Google's been designing. And I I made this argument already on All About Android, but I'm making it again here because this is the stance that I'm sticking to, which is that I think this render plus whatever that Pixel Watch that was supposed to be with it and like, you know, the purported idea of what the product lineup would look like. To me, it just is so far removed from the softness that we're being introduced to with Material U, with these Nest Hubs that we're bringing into the home. Everything is more rounded. It's like, you know you want to hug it you this doesn't make me want to hug it, it. this makes me want to like throw it yeah. like a katana if, you, if people haven't seen it it's uh, uh it's uh, the, the the front of it with the screen is uh, an edge-to-edge display with rounded mm-hmm. corners uh, a hole punch for the selfie camera the back is the superstar where it looks like a shiny sort of back with uh, not just a camera bump but like a camera bar that goes from edge to edge and seems to have cutouts for three different lenses uh, with a and with the room and the the space that would be above the that camera bump uh, would be like a place for if you choose a color for the phone that could be like a flare for that color itself. That's the sort of stuff that I thought was kind of cool. The, oh yeah, I agree I, with I, you. And I, and it, it, uh, I 
I, 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 my, my position on rumors is always that I don't believe it until I actually see, I'm actually holding it in my hands. Uh, absolutely. How, however, one thing, a couple of things that kind of, uh, that, that kind of, that are on my mind as I'm looking at this design is that remember that, uh, Google bought HTC's, uh, phone business, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of years ago, 2018. And we've all been sort of wondering when are we going to see the first phone that was developed start to finish with uh, with the team that uh, came in from HTC, uh, knowing that it generally takes about this is just a ballpark, but common wisdom is that from first ideas on a on a conference room whiteboard to shipping it in boxes is about three years. So this would be a this would be a credible time for us to see the first the first product of a one hundred percent HTC integrated design team. So it would make sense. If the design language were a little bit different, but you were absolutely right. You would, hmm. it's the, the, the camera bar slash bump. It is hard edges and Google yeah. has been, Google's design language has been adamantly removing hard edges. So who knows? Yeah. And okay. So talking about that little camera bump on the back. So the consensus is that the main camera will have a 50 megapixel Sony sensor, an ultra wide lens and an eight megapixel telephoto lens with this is very specific optical periscope style zoom with a five X reach. Yeah, that was from uh, Peter pixel. And I think Max Weinbach, who was another, maybe yes. a, has, has uh, not, not, not quite so a, a flamboyant leaker as John Prosser. Um, the, that's also interesting because it would indicate that uh, Google is kind of like, taking a step back from its, oh, we don't, we don't, the reason why we only have one lens is because thanks to our daring computational photography, we only need one lens. We could do a much better photo with, by having better processing on, on the back end than by, uh, to which over the past couple of years, I think most people have said, yeah, but wouldn't it be nice to have an actual ultra wide? Wouldn't it be nice to have an actual optical telephoto instead of I mean, digital? Telephoto? I definitely like having the two lenses on the Pixel 5. Yeah. It makes a difference when you go from the regular set to a quick zoom in. Um, when you're doing it on video, it's the transition is beautiful. It's seamless. I'm very impressed with how Google has improved the way that it does the camera. And so I don't know. And the idea of just stuffing all these lenses is a very um, Samsung, Oppo, other manufacturer kind of thing. It feels like a wish list for Google, not so much like a, like a manifest, like this is what's going to, you know, take place kind of thing. So, well, it's, it's, if that would be, if, if you're having two different styles of phone and that's part of the rumors that are coming out, by the way, what we're talking about is at this point is an amalgamation of lots and lots of leaks and rumors that have been coming out for weeks. Oh my God. We've been sort of, this is, this has been the pixel six has been sort of a candidate to talk about for a few weeks now. At some point there are enough rumors that, okay, now we have, (laughs) we, it's still a bunch of rumors and leaks and could be nothing, but it's interesting. It's a, it's an actual collection of things to talk about. Um, but nature is healing lakes are back (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if but if you're having a if you're if the rumors that there's going to be a pro model and a non-pro model uh that so we're having a top of the range one that has a 6.67 inch amoled curved screen and a 5,000 milliamp hour battery one of the reasons why you get that extra two or three hundred dollars out of somebody is that hey look we've got much much more cam much much better cameras and i have to say that as someone who 
loves uh, the loves the, the the Pixel 4a and loves the pictures that uh, that, that Google takes with uh, via computational photography. Uh, it's not as though I'm thinking that oh gosh, see they're absolutely right. All I need is the one lens that I've got on my $350 phone. It but it makes me think that wow, imagine how much if uh, th- these pictures are great. Imagine how much better they would be if I had uh, an actual three times optical zoom. Imagine if I and and every time I I pick up like an Apple phone that has a, an actual ultra wide. There's so many fun types of pictures you can take with an actual ultra wide that you can't take just by doing like a a, a panorama to fake sort of super wide angle lens. It's it's, it's got me pretty excited. There's other, there's other, other boring stuff that my, Max Weinbach was on uh, Miriam Joyer's uh, mobile tech, po- tech podcast. Um, this is going to, one of the other rumors is that uh, we're going to see this is going to be the first uh, Pixel phone that uses Google uh, Google's own design silicon, probably manufactured by uh, Samsung instead of just buying off the shelf uh, Qualcomm components. Uh, and one of the things that uh, Max said was that. Uh, uh, was that one of the things they wanted to do by developing their own silicon is to put more control over uh, uh, over image processing modules, over right. uh, neural engine models modules, uh, and it's uh, although the rumor that he was floating correlates with with what other people were saying is that whatever this gen- first generation uh, Pixel silicon, uh, Google silicon is going to be silicon is going to be it's not going to be as powerful as Qualcomm's top of the line but it's going to be way up there i mean all in all it's kind of got me excited about this the the the, the package of rumors and uh, rumors leaks and renders i've seen has gotten me excited about maybe wanting to buy like a new pixel at the end of the year if what actually ships is in line with what uh, has been hinted at but again you, you you believe nothing you hear in february and march you suspect that you, you, mm. you try to remember what you heard in may and june because at this point things are going into manufacturing uh, more people are being are being clued in on this by necessity and so it's possible that some actual good information might be getting out it's august when you when if you start to see the same rumor coming from different sources, you think, well, at this point, there's there's a factory that's churning these things out. It's becoming less and less possible for them to keep mm-hmm. a lid on this. And by September or October, you've got someone in a Verizon store who probably just already opened up the master case and took pictures of it. So this is this is we're get we're or we're, we're starting the period of okay maybe some of this could be true but once again uh, it's a, if if you if I needed a phone right now I wouldn't hesitate to buy one right now uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't wait until October on the on the hope that this phone that I you know I don't know if it's going to ship or not if it ships mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be any good or not you know I I would not I would not be going with my old like flip phone from out of a drawer <laughs> for the next eight months waiting for waiting to see this new one come out however. Uh, as someone who bought a $350 like cheap budget 4A with the idea that hey maybe if there's a good iPhone or a good Android phone in 2021 or 2022 I wouldn't feel so bad about about upgrading after a year that's really interesting and good news I think Did you just make a Sean Connery reference Well this is really just a PSA for all of us on Google Photos at this point because all the photos that you upload or sync after June 1st which is literally in like a few days, will apply against your free 15 gigabyte storage cap. That's it. Good things have come to an end. You have too many friends. You've had too many adventures. You've had too much of a good time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need to pay it back. 
Correct. And if you exceed the cap, you will need to either buy more cloud storage or remove some files before Google removes them for you. Google will give you a grace period because I'm certain that the last thing that they want to deal with is an inbox full of angry people saying, where are the photos of my newborn child that you deleted from the cloud? (laughs) Just imagining. Some very, very angry things. Um, All the photos that you've uploaded before June 1st, however, are safe and exempt from the storage quotas. So upload all of those high school photos like right now um, (laughs) as soon as you're listening to this. You will also see a new manage storage tool in the Photos app that will help you thin out your photo collection. So this is kind of akin to what the Files app does on the Pixel devices or I guess it works on other Android devices too, which is it'll go through and kind of tell you, hey, you should get rid of this stuff. So what this managed storage tool will do is it will find blurry or otherwise bad photos for you and tell you maybe you should get rid of this. Yes. Yeah. No, no, nobody believes that you actually met Weird Al Yankovic, not with a picture like that. You may as well just give it up and throw that picture out. It's too I boring. never met Weird Al Yankovic, but I will say that I he was a lot of fun at SF Sketchfest. <laughs> yes. God, that was so long ago. Anyway, um, if you are on a Pixel, by the way, none of this applies to you. So continue to carry a google phone <laughs> that's that's part that's part of your apology your, your apology from google for having to put up with <laughs> with some of the disadvantages of pixel hardware uh mm. but yeah i i, I wish that i, I wish that uh, they were more aggressive and uh adding more management tools to google photos i'm right now i'm in the i'm i, I am in the position of of exploiting my limited unlimited storage by <laughs> I, I kind of use it as one of my backups for 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 photos, uh, and also and also uh, I am in the habit of like every time I see a piece of art online or something that an image that I really really like, I will download it and then I will mm-hmm. back it up to Google Photos because one of the reasons being it's just it's so good at indexing these things automatically. But the thing is, I got a lot of it's duplicates. a journal. Yeah. And, but there are a lot of duplicates. I'm trying to weed them out and I'm trying to like create more intelligent sort of like albums uh, for use with my smart display and stuff. And I've I've been just begging over the past couple of weeks as I'm trying to get this, this done. Oh God, if only I could do a a Boolean search, if only I could do a search for, give me, show me all pictures that don't have the words Olympus or Panasonic uh, inside the metadata or Olympus Panasonic. Right. Stuff that you just got. Right. I, I just, I just want to say anything, anything that looks like it had been downloaded as a file as opposed to taken mm-hmm. by a camera, because that will say, great. So that uh, I've, I've gotten rid of the 3000 pictures from a trip to New York that lasted three or four days where I went to Comic-Con because I'm, I'm, I start off by doing this by trying to just, okay, I'll start with like today and then just keep going backwards, 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 looking for art photos. I, at first I did uh, just a basic search for show me everything that is like a piece of art and then copy that to it. But now I want to make sure that I get all the stuff that it might've missed, but then I'll, again, I'll hit this vein of 3000 pictures from Comic-Con and it's just like scroll, 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 right. scroll, 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 And it's like, oh God, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I, I almost want to just download everything to like a to a to a fresh hard drive just so i can put it all into just some sort of a search engine right you just want to dump it on a table figurative table of sorts and then just kind of (laughs) sort it and then put it back and i i like that idea i like that for us but that's never going to happen is it (laughs) we're not they're not going to give it to us i 
I feel like Google Photos, for all of the wonderful utility that it offers, it's still just a vessel for the Google Assistant. And look, I know it's it's we're doing this late, so there's more of a cynical tone to everything. <laughs> but there's always a cynical tone with me. <sighs> but it sometimes it does feel that way. Like maybe it really isn't about the photo service. It's really just about the little algorithm brain it's inside okay now i'm now i'm starting to well that's exactly it you know this this is this is why uh someone asked oh good he agrees with me (laughs) no no no. i mean this someone asked me about the difference between uh, why why is google photos better than apple photos and uh and i had to say it really is Mm -hmm. that all of the all the intelligence that they put into this into search all the all Mm -hmm. the automatic things they do for me uh and it just gets better and better and better there are uh uh, the, the when I first started using Google Photos, maybe it couldn't simply say, "Hey, take anything that looks like pencil art and create a and 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 give me all that, and so I can put that into an album." Maybe it couldn't have done that, but the st- a lot of the stuff that I put in from the very very beginning is pencil art, so now it can actually do that sort of stuff. And maybe sometime next year, or the year after, I won't even w- wonder about. Uh, I won't even wonder about uh, does this uh, is this actually collecting uh, all the art files that I found. Um, I was I'm su- I'm surprised that a lot of the uh, another category of, of art downloads are like comic book art, whether it's like sketchbook mm-hmm. art or stuff that people have, uh, that artists have just po- posted to Twitter or posted to Tumblr. I have a lot of like Sailor Moon fan art just because yeah. I like the way somebody drew something and it's really pretty inspirational thing to look at. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I'm surprised that it doesn't. Uh, I, I, I'm sure the time is coming when you can do a search for Sailor Moon and it will absolutely find every – it recognizes what a Sailor Moon character looks like even if it hasn't seen that picture before. I really try to do – I try to type in Tamagotchi and it like has no idea. I type in egg. It has no – you yeah. know, there's no – I wish that there's – I guess sometimes I do wish that there was some way I could program it, I guess. But you're right. It's, it's the search. It's the algorithm. That's yeah. the reason that I stick – I stick with Google Photos. Anytime I need that memory to pop up in my mind, I can just go. And, you know, they are adding a bunch of new features, I will say, that are like like the memories feature and the fact that, like, that's the reason I still use Snapchat is because I have memories on there <laughs> that I want to <laughs> see. So I guess, you know, Google is going to keep reeling us in and I, I'm going to keep biting. Yeah. It's as as usual. A lot of the stuff they do is creepy. A lot of the stuff that they do involves uh, uh, collecting more information from us than we are than we are happy with. But the thing is, they keep us like happy because they keep giving us features that are like give give me give me pictures of my dad, but only when he's smiling. Like oh great, so it's not <laughs> it's not it's it's not the pictures where he's just in the background, you know, drinking. No, that wasn't my dad at all. But no, uh, well but, I. Don't want to make you sad, but I'm going to say I do wonder if um, Google has caught on that my cat is no longer with us because it has not surfaced any photos of her. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think maybe that, once that, it did. That is that is a, that is something that seems like they could figure out algorithmically. That I used to take you, pictures of her every exactly. single day, and if you and then it just stopped, stopped. right. Oh, sorry to make anybody I made sad. I just made myself sad. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. 
Ugh, loving things is loving people and animals are hard. But anyway, all right. Well, this is probably a good time for us to just kind of start to say our goodbyes before exactly. we get into Flo talking about her life territory <laughs> part of the night. Thanks everyone for like being with us here, you know, at all weird times of the day. You know, Andy and I love doing this podcast together. And so it really is just a labor of love and like figuring out when we can. <laughs> and in our on our opposite sides of the of the country you know, schedules. Um, and Andy, thanks for being here, putting together our show notes this week. Again, it's always, it's always fun and delightful. It's, it's, it also gives me an excuse for every time that I'm just like spending the entire day browsing through the web, reading, reading news. Oh, great. I've actually found something that we'd like to, so that'd be fun to talk about next week. So yes. I also have to admit that I am finally reading our book club book. <laughs> Um, I started it. Your computer is on fire and, uh, it is, it's, it's intense. So please join us for our book club, the material studies, which you can join us. If you become a member of the Relay FM network, you can find out more information about that at relay.fm slash membership. There's a handy little page, or you can go to our page at relay.fm slash material, click around on there. You'll probably find a link to, you know, subscribe, be kind of become a member get all the perks, including the bonus episodes. I'm really looking forward, Andy, to discussing this with you. So don't worry, I'm highlighting <laughs> the crap out of this book. Um, Andy, uh, are you doing radio this week? No, because uh, we're we're off on Friday and I don't. Oh I, yeah, it's I don't, Memorial and, and there's, Day. There's a, there's a there's a there's a special guest coming in tomorrow that I was I was that was that had to take up my slot because is it Obama? Is it Biden? No, I don't. I don't want to say because it might sound like like I'm like. Is it Lady like Gaga? Grapes. No, if if it were Lady Gaga, I'd be like, oh, please take take my slot, take <laughs> take take the entire hour for heaven's sakes. <sighs> it's like it's 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 a promotional thing they have to do. It's like okay, that's fine. You know what? Good for them. We all got to promo ourselves. I've been like trying to promo myself on Instagram this week. Maybe I'll get to it. Um, you know what? I should pro- can I promo myself now? <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, I'm going to promo that I had a keyboard review go up this week. Yay. So if you'd like to hear what I think about the Razer Black Widow V3 Mini, which is a... <laughs> Razer Black Widow Mini. <laughs> no, excuse uh, me. V3 Mini. Oh, sorry. I, I just think they undermined the Razer Black Widow Mini. <laughs> they, they undermined the a- toughness <laughs> of that name. It... <laughs> It's a it's a wireless mechanical keyboard, uh, mechanical gaming keyboard. Anyway, I'm covering keyboards, which is awesome. Um, yay. Yay. I heard about fun stuff. So go to gizmodo.com if you're curious about that. Otherwise, Andy, I think that's it from us. Uh, thank you to our editor, Jim, for yes. being here for us every week. The third, of, the third of the three amigos. Yeah, we literally have therapy sessions with Jim that you none of you will ever hear, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> everything just because i've put a whole bunch of boxes in the recycling doesn't mean that i'm not entitled to do the recycling all right (sighs) that's like your only friendship you understand the recycling is we only get one hopper for the entire building and i keep asking we should get another hopper Yes. Hashtag material after dark, (laughs) y'all. I'm drinking kombucha and Andy. Andy's riffing. So. Phosphoric acid at Mm. 1 a.m. Hmm.
Ah, Shall we? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Be safe. Have a happy. Thank you.